Mark Puncher, you are in employment branding and you're across uh, the recruitment industries. Uh, tell me how you got to that point uh, and then tell me how you brought video into the story. Sure, no worries. So um, thank you very much for having me, first of all, Julian. I think um, it's great to be here. I, I think the, um, the fundamentals for me is, is I spent 20 years uh, doing marketing and I'm a marketer who hates most marketing uh, in and around the recruitment world. And, and really, recruitment is so often done so badly and yet it matters so much. And the third piece alongside marketing recruitment is leadership and culture. And again, I've seen how important that is in organizations. This stuff affects not only uh, the success of companies, but actually the way people feel every day in their lives. Uh, and I've seen it done so badly. So um, bringing together that recruitment marketing culture um, is employer branding as it should be. So employer branding is often thought to be sort of glossy marketing and branding for recruitment. Um, it's so much more than that. It's about connecting with your current people uh, and then bottling that, articulating that and sharing that with the world so that you can attract great people, but also keep them engaged. How many employers are doing employer branding well and how many are doing it poorly? So, you know, where are we at uh, on the adoption scale? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly in the US, um, uh, Canada, Europe, you're seeing a lot more. It's a lot more mature. Um, the thing I'd say is in Australia and New Zealand right now, it's red hot. It's not even the bright, shiny thing. It's past that stage. So five, ten years ago, it was sort of seen to, as a nice to have. People talked about it at conferences and then did nothing. Um, now, um, companies not only realize that it's something they should be involved with, but they're seeing the results. So um, what we're seeing is, is more and more employers engaging in it in some form. And there are so many ways you can do this. But I would say, um, this will sound a bit bullshy and ballsy, but um, I think I, I would say that, that there's, there's not a lot doing it really authentically. And that's the real opportunity employers have. When did you realize the importance of video in this process? Well, I mean, as a marketer, um, albeit one who's not that keen on a lot of marketing, um, you know, it's just obvious video is so immediate. So, so video is going to help you reach further. You know, all the social platforms will take video content further than written content, usually, depending on what it is. Um, it, critically, though, it's much more immediate in capturing uh, attention and, 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 and having and opening up authentic conversations. So I'll give you one example. Um, you look at job ads on Seek. Most job ads on Seek say the same old stuff, same old words. Um, you put a video in there. The moment you put a video in, especially if it's authentic and well done and not just glossy corporate nonsense, um, everything changes. You know, as, so I, let's say I'm recruiting right now. I can write down, you know, I've got a great job. It's a great opportunity and, you know, really good opportunity for people to learn and grow their career and to feel supported by a team. If you put that in words, it's just more words. If you look down the camera lens and you say that honestly, authentically, uh, people engage, people want to listen. So uh, very, very early on, um, employer branding, it's, it's, it's obvious that, that, that video is a huge vehicle for us. How do you see the authentic video being taken up because there is a resistance to people using authentic video across other departments because it's not what they perceive as professional looking, mm. you know, that perfection level isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. The first, I think it's mindset than confidence. So, so mindset is, first of all, um, we always say, you know, um and ah are the most beautiful words in a language. You know, it, it, why do we feel that when we turn on a camera, we have to be perfect? And, you know, it, it's a bit like, you know, if you talk to somebody who doesn't ever blink, it's just weird. If you talk, if you, with the videos where somebody's scripted and they deliver absolutely 
perfect delivery, which we know isn't perfect because it's not real, it's not human. So we need to shift people's mindset that actually um, it's not about here's how you um, master delivery. It's about how you find your own voice and master that. And then it's about confidence. So the, the classic issue for many, many video platforms and people involved in video is adoption. Um, how do you take somebody who's quite nervous, who's quite dry, who, who isn't used to this? And people say, how do we make them sound good? Well, our job is how do we make them sound like them? Because that is actually very, very powerful, whoever they are. Yeah. So what, what resistance on the uh, individual, the practitioner level, mm. and then maybe the team and departmental level, and then the organisational level, what are the, 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 the sticking points? I, I think it sort of depends. So we're, it, it depends on what we're creating. So we're, we do video, for example, at a professional level, and where we will, you know, all of our videos around careers and, and people and culture, nobody's scripted. There's no actors, no scripts. And when you are producing that professionally and you're editing it down and you're adding music and it's, it's done, it's executed very, very well, um, it, people actually, they're, they're a, bit com a bit uncomfortable at first, jumping in front of a camera and doing this. But we can show them so many videos and, and essentially promise them they're going to come out of this looking great and being fantastic. So that's one level. The harder stuff is this. It's the live. It's the authentic. It's the no edit. Um, it's the no music where you just are who you are. So the resistance there, as I say, is confidence. Um, I, I think as well, there's also another issue, which is um, people who come into it with a preconceived idea of, yep, I love this stuff and I'm going to do it, and they start acting. You know, we just, I, I, you know, the, the hardest talent we ever work with in terms of employees on camera are the ones who do amateur dramatics or the ones who've prepared their script. Because actually my job and my team's job is to break that down and say, no, 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 stop. Just tell us what you really think. Just react to what we're asking you. Be, be you. So there's there's a resistance around the classics, nerves and lack of confidence. But there's also a resistance. And I think you touched on it in your question. I think there are a lot of marketers in particular, unfortunately, who still think that, you know, video in marketing means scripts. It means preparation. It means um, we're going to tell you what we want you to say or want to talk about, which is just the worst place to start with any form of video, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, uh, most individuals' concern is, am I going to look amateur on yeah. video? And I always say to them that uh, if you will only look amateur if you try to look professional. Yeah, good it, point. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's, it's almost a paradox in, in that sense. Uh, mm. So um, what are the risks, uh, real and perceived, uh, so from mm. the from the individual level and then also from the business side of it? So if somebody was starting to uh, implement video, uh, mm. what are the um, uh, uh, organisational strictures that are stopping them? Yeah, look, look, I think, I mean, you've sort of touched on it in that last point. I, I think you've got a combination of individuals who are nervous and worried that they'll look silly um, or that they'll, you know, they'll say something wrong. If you combine that with marketers or videographers or content creators who, who are very being very prescriptive about what they want, that's a bad combination. So that first piece about, you know, um, whether the employee will look silly or that whether the person will look silly, let's start with a, let's really show this person, you know, as they are in their best and, and most comfortable light. So I think straight away you can reduce that risk. Um, another one is, you know, video is not as expensive as it used to be to make, um, especially that DIY stuff. And we're showing it today. It's we're just jumping in and having a conversation. I, I think it is about, you know, giving people the chance to look at this and, and own it a little bit and have some control over the, the editorial. 
Um, I think from an organizational point of view, in specifically to what we do, there's no doubt, you know, employers, um, it takes some courage to let your people truly speak and, and, and to let them truly say what they think. You know, I'll give you an example, and this goes beyond just video, but video again, the, there's no glossing over video, right? So the video is there, the person's there. Um, when, when you, there's an instinct around marketing an employer and, you know, connecting, saying, for example, you know, this is why people should work for us. This is why we're a great place to work. There's a, there's a real, everyone braces themselves and tries to, tries to control the message. That's not how the world works anymore. We've got Glassdoor, we've got seat company reviews. Everybody's talking about you anyway. Um, so why would you just create your own false narrative? So first of all, you have to stop and say, actually, we're really comfortable that we're not a phenomenal, perfect employer all the time. Nobody's perfect. The moment or you, the videos where you've got your people going, I love everything about working here. Nobody believes you because they're lying, right? So actually the skill and the, 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 the key mindset piece is, is to say we're fantastic imperfect. We're, gr we're a great choice for some. If, if what matters to you is X, Y, Z, come and join us, explore this stuff. But actually, if you want this and this, don't come to us. So, so when we're doing video, reducing that risk to employers, the, the biggest risk is them, you know, essentially putting out pitch perfect videos that say everything's amazing. And then their employees publicly saying that's absolutely not the case. Um, so simple way to reduce that. Just go out there and don't be smug and arrogant. Go out there and actually let your people speak. I want to hear people, whether I'm a candidate, whether I'm a future candidate, whether I'm just somebody out there in the market, I want to hear people saying, I love where I work. It's not, it's not perfect or we've had a really hard year or, you know, it's not for everyone. This, is, this isn't for the faint hearted. But actually, you know what? We've been working on this thing and I'm loving this and I love that. And when we come together, so it's just an open all round conversation. So my message to employers and to companies, frankly, for all brand and marketing work is just let people speak and share what they think and be comfortable with the fact that they won't always say everything's perfect. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because those are the conversations we all have when we're speaking to someone and then you go, you know, just off the record. And yes. that, that's the truth. That's the, the nuggets. And it is difficult for uh, businesses to accept that this is a new way. But it's also really important, isn't it? Because online, uh, the great currencies are, are reputation and honesty, uh, and you can't play around with those because we, once yeah. you break them, they just mm. take so long to reestablish. And there's that great saying, um, it's not who you say you are, it's who Google says you are. Yeah. So you don't want to tinker with this yeah. stuff. I think, I think the key thing to remember is you're not starting with a level playing field either. Look at TripAdvisor. It's the TripAdvisor culture now. So anybody they like, anybody who wants to can jump online and review the restaurant they've been to. Glassdoor can review the employer they've worked for or are working for. So whatever they like on, anonymously. And you and I are going to trust a complete stranger the other side of the country that we've never met, don't know what they're about. We'll trust their review over what the restaurant themselves says or over what the employer themselves says. This is crazy. You know, the, the, the point is because of so much marketing nonsense, because of so much overhyped gloss and lies. I mean, look at TV advertising. It's the worst place to see marketing, you know, in action. Um, because of that lack, because of that overhype in the cell, we don't believe it anymore. So when, when a government speaks, when an institution speaks, when an organization speaks, we're cynical. When that employer, in, my ca in, in, in the case of what we do for a living, when that employer 
doesn't go out there saying we're an employer of choice and here's why. When they actually say, we're really proud of our people, we're grateful they choose us, here they are. Listen to them, tell them what they think. And those people are not, they're not talking from scripts. They're not, um, you know, just saying everything's fantastic. They're talking about the good and the bad. Incredible things happen. I'm telling we see it in, in quantifiable marketing and recruitment and talent engagement results. In your job ads, when you talk about, you know, here's why we think you'll love it, here's why you might not. Huge increase in quality applications. People respect you and they believe the positive because you've shared with them the potential downsides. Um, when you put video in there and it says, and it, you know, so I, I, you know, you haven't asked this question, but if somebody is doing this and they're nervous about doing video, well, start your video by saying, I'm really nervous, I hate doing this. What a brilliant way to start a video because so many people will go, I hear you. I get you. I, I see. I see myself in you, and that's what video does. It, it really creates connection. So, big goal: find your own voice and be comfortable with it. Yeah, that empathy and uh, willing to be vulnerable now uh, is a very powerful um, business skill that uh, and life skill that each of us need mm -hmm. to be able to develop. So, if you have a staff member which you're uh, sitting in front of the camera for the first time, who's going, oh, "I just do not want to be here." How long, just in rough terms, would you take to do that video shoot with, with them? Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends how much we're trying to capture, but our typical, when we, let's say we're doing a video featuring four employees and we're gonna stitch it together, or we might do, you know, 30 minutes with that actual speaking and engaging and asking questions to that employee. But there are critical things that you should be talking to those employees about. And, and the thing is, if you're doing video shoots, you know, you're against the clock, it's getting it done. So while they're, from the moment you meet them, remember that, you are you are the key to them actually getting the get you know to you getting the result you need so from the moment you meet them it's about making them comfortable i'm talking to them about you know how you how are you feeling straight away and they're saying oh you know i'm a bit nervous i completely hear you you know i've done 300 of these in the last couple of years and i can tell you that nobody's ever been unhappy with what we've created at the actual employee featured and the best people we speak to are usually nervous people and, and you're straight away, you're reinforcing them. I've had some people who are, you know, literally saying, I think I'm going to be sick. I feel so uncomfortable. Right. I show them videos of the driest, quietest, nervous, most nervous people that we've, we've ever interviewed and show them what they look like in these videos when we've edited them, when we've, when we've added music and so on. And it relaxes them. It shows them. And then you remind them. And the critical thing is this. I think people still think we're in 1930 and, or 1950 and you've got to... You, you've got to deliver perfectly and otherwise it's cut, cut, cut. They think I'm going to just shout cut at them. So I'm not going to ever shout cut. We're just going to ask you loads of questions and capture loads of you talking. Quite often I might ask you to say it again. When I say when I mean say it again, I don't mean repeat exactly what you said. I mean, just tell me whatever's in your head at that time. It's the beauty of editing in 20, you know, in, in 2021, 2022 is that you, you know, you can work with lots, but it's just about capturing the right tone, the right essence and so on. But that's my job and that's what I tell people. All you've got to do is sit there, look me in the eye, try and not look at the camera and just have a conversation with me. And another thing is that we've been, just to follow on what you're saying there, is culturally we have been taught to say if we make a mistake on camera, oh, that's okay, we can just cut that out. Because yeah. you hear that on so many mm. programs. So people mm. think that that's actually part of, of the process. And to go back to what you were saying about it's your job to make the person feel comfortable. Mm. When I was working in documentaries, uh, if it was a large documentary that we were shooting over a period of weeks or months, I would spend the first day, maybe two days without a camera. 
at all. Mm. Just meeting with the people, just starting to relate to them, get them getting to know me, and then bring the camera in. So it it mirrors exactly what you were saying mm. in, in this shorter process. Yeah, we, we normally do um, pre-interview, pre-video shoot calls. So we'll talk to every employee beforehand. And the, the key thing there is it's not just to relax them and build rapport, it's to understand their story. You know, what is your actual, you know, who are you? What do you care about? What shall we talk about? And, and you can find those amazing nuggets that might not come out when the lights are on them and they're feeling a bit under pressure. And do I'll, you I'll do you, this? Oh, sorry, yeah. go on. No, I'll give, I'll give one tip for people who are directing or who are asking questions. What I see when we bring staff on and we're training them and bring them through, the, the, the biggest issue that I think happens that we have to train at, train people on is um, you're sitting there, two things are happening at once. You're trying to build rapport and make someone feel comfortable so that they deliver what you need. But you're also thinking, what's my next question? I've got to get through everything. What am I capturing? And the biggest mistake people make is they lean too much towards what's my next question and have I got everything? Because I'll give you an example. You know, you ask a question, they're answering. If in your mind is, what's my next question? You are, you are not showing them that you're listening. You're not encouraging them. You're not, you're not doing that active listening and nodding. And you miss the beautiful opportunities. And by that, I mean, someone will say, oh, you know, so, you know, why do you love your job? I think it's, you know, about the people. It's been, um, you know, it's been a tough six months, but they've really come through for me. The inexperienced interviewer will go, great, next question. The experienced one will go, oh, so tell me about the last six months. And then you find out about those tough six months and there probably is your story. So it's, it's really not, being on a treadmill of formula and, and where, where people are a bit nervous about interviewing, they're thinking about that. But I would rather you ask half the questions but get gold than get through everything and miss all the opportunities for genuine, real storytelling. Yeah, it is very much uh, conversational. And it is also learn doing that because, Ian, again, we have been conditioned uh, uh, to just think that there is a process. And, you know, we all grew up and we saw at six o'clock at night there was the TV mm. newsreader. And part of that imprints upon us that that is the way, uh, you know, that you should do it, that you should sit upright. And, you know, the question, you probably get this all the time, what do I do with my hands? Yeah, um, I, I think you do. But I also think it's changed. I mean, you've got a new generation now whom video, Instagram, TikTok is, video is everything, right? And that's, I mean, that's a whole different conversation. But... I would argue it's easy to sort of say, oh, they're so much more comfortable on camera. And they are in terms of using technology and so on. But if you take that very stilted 1960s or 1950s look into the camera and speak with a very posh English accent, I think we've got just a different version of that now, which is I've got to be an influencer, you know, and I've got to, I've got to, I'm worried about, you know, doing this and, you know, right angles. And actually it ruins it, you know, so... It, it, it's actually, there's actually a parallel between that very stilted traditional idea and this kind of new, young, must be seen in the right way stuff. It, it comes down to the same stuff, a fear of, of what you might look like if you actually be you. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too, isn't it? Because when you're younger, it's very much me focused. Mm. Um, when I'm working with businesses and uh, staff about being on camera, the thing I try to get them into is a service mindset. Mm. And so it's all about what can I do for you? And, you know, mm. when you pull yourself out of it. But that's an age thing as well, because mm. as you do get older, you do start to think, you know, more uh, philosophically about life and your place in it and, and what you can do for other people. Uh, so, mm. yeah, in, uh, interesting point about the influences uh, there mm. and, and, and that influence. Um, what apps are you using and do you see useful 
Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's a real mixed bag. Um, we obviously, again, we're using, um, we're doing professional videos, which is the, the you know, the, the, the full stuff. But um, even within that, edi- uh, with that editing, um, I'm trying to think, Vimeo is obviously, obviously always very helpful in terms of, not, and, and they're getting more and more around being able to make comments and stuff and so on. Um, I think in terms of execution of DIY, ClipChamp, are really interesting. They're actually based in Brisbane, where I'm based, and um, we did some work with them. But they essentially have really easy uh, video editing in the browser, and very, very cool stuff. And there's, you know, there's the free licensing and so on. You can have a look at that. Um, it, from a recruitment perspective, there's an interesting platform called Video My Job, um, and they are definitely worth having a look at. They're, they, they focus, they're targeting mainly, you know, video for recruitment and for ongoing employee engagement. But essentially, it's just these tools that make it really easy to capture your live video on your phone and then add in the supers, add in the visuals, add in music, make edits and so on. So, they, they, you know, all of those are worth looking at. Yeah. Just to finish up on here, we're now, I, mean, I think that video is an essential business skill, but I'm also starting to think that video is an essential life skill. Uh, mm. And, you know, my children are grown now, uh, they're 26 and 28, but I'm still having discussions when they deign, you know, that I'm worthy of talking to and speaking to. Uh, I will uh, slowly teach them the skills of particularly not making videos, but presentation on, on video. That's right. Yeah. So AI, all the video technology that's there is going to make it easier and easier to execute video. But the fundamental is the ability to share your message, to share your story authentically, to be you. You know, the, you know, the people I really feel for, small business owners, and I've been one and I still am one. We're, we're a small business with three and a half years in and, and growing fast and I've loved it. But I, I really feel for those, you know, consultants and uh, very small businesses who are trying to set up and use, get their word out there because I see them, they jump on LinkedIn and they look at the influencers, the, the, you know, the people putting out these videos and who, who are naturally very articulate. And they, they feel real imposter syndrome. And you see them trying to I either don't do it because they, they just they, they shy away from it or they try and replicate that. And it's just painful to watch. The thing that we need to teach people is the ability to really understand and capture your story and tell that story and to be at peace with who you are. I, I know that sounds a little bit, you know, waffly and lofty, but f- forget video for a moment. When you public speak. You know, public speak, great public speakers don't all sound the same. They haven't all been on a course on exactly how to do it. Of course, there are techniques that we can help people with. Great public speakers know who they are. They know what their superpowers are. They know what they're rubbish at. And they show that in a really authentic way. And when you do that, it's very compelling. Whether you are an extrovert, introvert, whether you're quiet, noisy, whether you use lots of words as I do, or whether you use very few. It's about being comfortable with who you are and, and, and being able to show that transparently. So we've got, to te- we've got to get people comfortable with that. We've got to help people to unearth their own story and to tell that story. And then we need to get into, okay, what does that look like on video? What, is, you know, what are the technical things you need to do? And, and, and you know, what are the sort of delivery points on that? And one of the problems with video is it's got all the inherent uh, fears and anxieties that public speaking has, but then yeah. it's got the extra layer on top, mm-hmm. and that is that you have to look at yourself again, and you have mm-hmm. to relive the experience over and over. Uh, so yeah, look, I mean, this this is a challenge, and it is not going away. We're in the video age, uh, and uh, you know, really, part of me speaking to you here today is 
knowing that there are literally going to be millions of people around the planet who are going to bed anxious about video that they have to do the next day or in the coming days. And if we can provide some sort of tools and some sort of help for them so they can actually go, you know, really, uh, all I have to do is be who I am. And, uh, hey, I was gifted with that. Nobody can be who I am. And that's okay. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think if, if you're really nervous, you haven't done it much, you know that you're just not going to be happy with how you perform or what you do, get someone involved. Even if you're still doing it DIY, get them to ask you some questions. So they sit just off camera, you talk to, this is the camera, you're just talking slightly off camera to them, get them to ask you some questions and answer them. And because then it becomes a conversation, take the pressure off yourself. Again, the hard ones are when somebody's doing Hi everyone, my name is Mark Puncher and I'm here to talk to you about this. That's, you know, that, that, that can be really nerve wracking for people. So get somebody to interview, get somebody to ask some questions, it will take the pressure off. And part of it too is conditioning yourself physiologically because it's like public speaking, being mm. in front of a lens for the first time that you do it, what happens is the fight or uh, flight response kicks in and you'll feel your blood pressure go up, you'll go for the shortness of breath, you'll get the sweaty palms, all that, which are physiological responses. If you haven't experienced that happening and you get as soon as you've got even a friend and you're not recording, you'll get the same feeling when mm. you're being put on the spot. It's mm. your identity is now being challenged. It's going on the record. Do that a number of times and experience those feelings and mm. just go, hey, those feelings were actually put into me by my primordial brain a million years ago to save me against the saber toothed tiger. Mm. That's okay. They're there yeah. for a reason, all right, and do it again. It's literally conditioning. And you only need to do that absolutely. half a dozen times and go, oh, okay, I got that. And absolutely, and acknowledge it to the camera, to the audience. If you're feeling nervous, yeah, really nervous, or talking, saying, yeah, if, if there's no edit, it's sort of, um, oh, yeah, I probably messed that bit up. Let me try again. They're, I think they're the powerful bits. If you're watching a video and somebody lets their guard down because oh, I can't believe I just got that wrong, let me start again unbelievable you know we're not trying to be you know the queen speaking to the nation we're just trying to we're just trying to have a conversation with people if you go into a, a meet a very important client meeting or prospect meeting and you speak absolutely perfectly you don't blink you don't falter they're going to think who the heck is this person this is not a human this or this is somebody's rehearsed a script that's not how you win business that's not how you get you influence people or inspire people to take action you do it by being just you and being human. So one of the tips we always, uh, things we used to do when uh, uh, filming was that essentially when you said to somebody that, okay, I've stopped rolling, that you never stop rolling, like That's you're right. always rolling. And I'm guessing for you it would be the same because it's those yeah. bits. It's when people are stressed and you and they go, and you say, okay, thank, thank you very much, this is the end, they mm. literally exhale all their tension and a big yeah. smile comes across their face and they light up and they say something. And quite often, those are the magic moments. Absolutely. And include them. I mean, I think, you know, and, and those might, so if, you, if you're interested, there's a client of ours, Swan Care. They're an aged care uh, provider in Perth, a wonderful organization. If you search on YouTube for Swan Care Letters, you'll find an awesome video that we did. I'm very, very proud of. And really, it was all about their people. But there's a moment in the video where, you know, we've got a, a well-prepared video and we're asking questions and so on. And then, you know, we, we give somebody a letter to read and she said, I've got to get my glasses. Is that all right? And of course we kept it in. 
because when I, and I, I've watched this video many times and I've watched people watching this video because I show it when I do public speaking and so on. And that's the moment where people laugh, where they relax, where they, you can see them engage more with what the video is talking about and saying because somebody went to get their glasses. You know, I, 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 it's such a hack. It's such a hack. Use the imperfection, use the, the point where the plan breaks down a bit as the hook. So, Mark Puncher, it's going to be a bright future for video out there. I hope to come back and talk to you at some time in the future more about this. Anytime, Julian, you're legend. Cheers.